Well, hey, whether you stumbled onto my podcast or you've been a longtime listener, I'm glad you're listening. What is this podcast all about? Well, it's about people just like me, just like you, about age 60, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger, but you, like me, are trying to figure out how you're going to do life for this next 10, 20, 30 years. How are you going to stay healthy? What are you going to eat? Are you going to exercise? How are you going to do the things you really, really want to do in retirement? Uh, But most importantly, things that I think about go along these lines. How am I going to avoid assisted living? How am I going to maintain my independence? How am I going to enjoy life to its fullest until God says my time is done? Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, hello, Kathleen Fleming. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? Well, thank you for joining me on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. As you know, for those of you who are listening, I am the host, Gene Fleming. I'm an ISSA certified fitness trainer, and I live here in Northeast Alabama where I instruct senior fitness. Today, I have the pleasure of inviting my wife, Kathleen, to join me on the podcast for just a few minutes. And this is a this is the first time I've had a guest on the podcast. So five years it took me to get to this point. And so, Kathleen, what's going on in your world today? Oh, what is going on in my world? My goodness, I am helping my husband with his tech. With his tech, huh? <laughs> that sounds funny. Uh, <laughs> so I had tried to have another guest on today, and that was Deborah Brown. And and sometimes up here in the mountains of Northeast Alabama, uh, connectivity on the uh, internet is not the best. And for reasons I don't know, I, I couldn't I couldn't make the connection with Deborah. But uh, so I asked my wife, "Please, honey, help me figure this out," because you know as <laughs> We talk about technology getting farther and farther away from us and more and more technical and more and more difficult. And and so here we are on the podcast together when we're actually only two rooms apart. And uh, so uh, one way or another, we're going to talk to each other today. That's right. What will we talk about? I don't know. Um, You've been a dental hygienist for most of your working life. And if you were going to give one piece of solid, solid advice to seniors about their dental health, what would you tell them? Mm. Drink a lot of water. Because seniors have tend to have dry mouth. So the more water they drink, the healthier their mouth will be. Now, you're just talking about sipping, not guzzling, right? Right. <laughs> Don't so, stand with a gallon jug and <laughs> so, stay away uh, from sugary beverages. Stay away from chewy, sticky foods. Because like, unfortunately, as we age, even though raisins are good for us and dried fruit, it it sticks to our teeth and we have gum recession and there's no enamel on that root and it tends to decay quicker. So well, isn't, dried, and, isn't dried fruit just condensed sugar? Yes, it is. Oh my goodness. So um, anyway, any other points that uh, you would uh, suggest to seniors? Uh, I mean, let's suppose that um, I've got full dentures and I probably used the wrong name for that, but, um, but I had, I had, 
dentures, top and bottom. Is There's no good reason for me to have to go to the dentist anymore, is there? You should still go at least once a year to have your tissue checked and to make sure your alignment is proper and you don't need a reline. You don't want your dentures flopping around and check for lesions on your palate and your gum tissue. Even okay, though you don't that, have that, that, that's, that's scary. What is a lesion? A, a cancerous lesion or a, an ulcer. Sometimes your dentures are ill-fitting and and they, they rub a spot, kind of like a new pair of shoes. They start rubbing you a blister. Well, if you get a blister in your mouth and you just get used to it, or you put some polygrip or whatever you use to keep your dentures in your mouth, you just keep using that, then that, that irritation could turn into something that might not be real exciting. So hmm. it's good to have your mouth checked. Just, you know have them look at it. It's just an exam. It's nothing that probably takes 10 minutes. So it stands to reason that uh, oral hygiene is always important for more than just uh, unpleasant breath. But um, do I still need to uh, floss and, and uh, brush like multiple times a day? Well, if you have dentures, you don't need to floss them, but you do need to brush them. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> and with your natural teeth, yes, you do need to floss at least once a day and, and brush preferably twice a day after you eat. Uh, the, the thing that most people say uh, in our profession is you brush your teeth at night for your health. You brush your teeth in the morning for your friends. Oh, that, <laughs> and I certainly get that. Well, I've had a question myself, and and I know we talk between me and you. You talk dentistry, and I talk fitness a lot, and that kind of weaves into our everyday conversations as husband and wife. But uh, you know, I saw some commercials a few years back. Uh, one of the major mouthwash brands was uh, saying that uh, using their mouthwash was every bit as effective as uh, brushing uh, where cavities were concerned. And then all of a sudden that commercial disappeared. So I can't just swish some Listerine and be good? No, you have to manually remove that plaque or that sticky stuff or whatever people call it. You have to, you have to brush your teeth, preferably with a soft toothbrush. I, I always thought that a, a firmer toothbrush would really get in there good. No, nope, it'll just wear out your enamel. Then you'll have sensitivity. Then you'll have to use a different kind of toothpaste to make your teeth not sensitive when you drink all that water. Huh. Well, I'm living and learning right here at the ripe old age of 65. Well, you know, I appreciate you talking with us today. Um, are seniors more at risk for oral cancers than younger people, or is it about the same? Do you, is that something you would know about? That is a lifestyle uh, choice you know somebody who say smokes dips tobacco eats a lot of hard candy and leaves it in one spot anything that causes irritation opens you up to the possibility of inflammation which opens you up to the possibility of other things there is no there's no rhyme or reason why somebody who does everything right gets oral cancer 
and there's no rhyme or reason why somebody who smokes five packs of cigarettes a day and chews tobacco never gets it. It's just luck of the draw. So who's most likely to discover that a person has a serious issue in their mouth or saliva glands or uh, throat, uh, upper throat? Who's going to discover that? Is the dentist the one when he's doing his exam on you? Is he the one that finds that? It's actually the patient. They have to take the initiative to get to the dentist to point it out. Now, if it's something early that doesn't have any feeling or they don't notice it, then usually the hygienist will notice it or the dentist, depending on who they see. They always do an oral cancer exam, head and neck exam, just to make sure nothing's odd or strange. Uh, define odd or strange. I mean, if I'm if I'm the patient here at home and, uh, and let's say I just feel like a, a scratchy spot in my in my upper throat or in my cheek or under my tongue or something. Uh, what, what am I, what am I, what, are, what is my responsibility as a patient um, at that point? If something's just uncomfortable or I've got a persistent uh, like toothache or an ache in my jaw, uh, maybe even on my tongue, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor. When should I get concerned and, and call the dentist? If you see a lesion in your mouth, keep an eye on it for two or three days, even up to a week. And if it changes at all, immediately go see somebody in your healthcare fold, whether it's your doctor, your dentist, uh, and they will take pictures and measurements of that spot and keep it in your record. And next time you're there for your checkup, they will measure it again. And that way they have a baseline. Okay, now let's get personal here for a second. You're my wife. Can I uh, get personal with you? <laughs> I guess, yes. You now, <laughs> now, you know what my favorite snacks are, and I really like nuts, uh, walnuts and almonds and peanuts. And sometimes, just in the course of snacking, I, um, I'll, I'll get some soreness uh, around my gum line on my teeth. And sometimes it feels like maybe I've uh, torn my my gum a little bit, or at least I've irritated it. Is there something I can just do at home to uh, make that heal faster? Uh, warm salt water. Just a teaspoon of salt to about four ounces of water and swish it around and that'll help it. That's just from eating hard food. Your, it, tissue, get, your tissue gets uh, bruised. Ah, uh, so... And if, if it's not too serious, how fast should recovery be on that? A couple of days, three days? Yeah, usually three or four days, sometimes up to a week. And if you continue to eat the nuts every day, it's just going to stay irritated until well, you get used to that. You know, you know me all too well. <laughs> now, let's talk about saliva issues. You, talk, you mentioned earlier people having dry mouth and uh, issues like that. And, and, and I've, my whole life, I've known people, older people that uh, sucked on peppermints, say all the way through church or, you know, or every time you see them, they're rolling a, a mint around in their mouth. Um, what, what, what happens? Does their saliva just production decrease or, uh, or what about issues involving the, the saliva glands itself? Uh, uh, can't you get like pits or obstructions well, there, are, there? There are some 
there are some issues with salivary glands. You can get salivary stones. Those are not real common. As we age, unfortunately, our saliva flow slows down, and it is also caused a lot by medications. Medications cause a, a mouth to be dry. You know, there's so many medications that will have that in their in their that literature. Uh, sucking on a mint with the Sugar in it is not a good idea because with less saliva, you have less pH balance. That's the main method for your teeth to be balanced all the time and not be in an acidic state. So if you're putting sugar on an already dry mouth, it's just a breeding bacteria, a breeding ground for bacteria and, and decay, unfortunately, because also, as we age, our gum tissue recedes a little bit. That's why they say we're long in the tooth. And uh, that root just doesn't have any enamel on it to protect it. So basically, it's outside in the cold with no sweater on, and that sugar just attacks it. I want to ask you a trick question uh, because uh, not, it's uh -oh. not a trick question, but it's one <laughs> I kind of already know the answer to. Uh, but it's a twofold question. One, uh, should our adult teeth last us for our entire lives? Yes, unless you have, and let's say an accident, you know, a car accident, and you hit the steering wheel and it knocks all your teeth out. You know, accidents happen, but as far as health-wise, if you take care of your teeth, they should last as long as your nose. Uh, there are some extenuating circumstances of genetics and, you know, People just simply didn't have the dental care growing up to have strong teeth. But yes, they should last your last you a lifetime with now, good with good care. Now, a few times over the years of working with seniors, I've known individuals that thought the solution to everything that was going on with them was just going to the dentist or the oral surgeon and having all their teeth the remaining teeth removed and, and having dentures. Is that ill-advised or is it something that needs to be decided, you know, with your, your uh, dental uh, care provider? It's an individual choice. It's, it's never a good idea to replace what was given to us by the creator with something that we create, but there are choices. You know, some people just simply either don't have the money to take care of a mouth that has been neglected for many years and it's easier to just have the remaining teeth removed and have an upper denture put in. Um, lower dentures are a little different. You've got your tongue in the way and it wants to kick out all the time. But I have seen several people that for the cost effectiveness, it was easier to put an upper denture in. However, you lose a lot of your, your taste and your, it, it's, it's a difficult transition in the beginning. Well, and I guess there's certainly the, uh, the cosmetic uh, value of uh, making that decision too. Yes. If you feel like you're, you know, if a, a happy, a, a happy, healthy mouth does a lot more than just look pretty. It's, it's good for your well-being. It's good for your digestion to have teeth that actually work and 
and chew your food properly. And your your oral cavity is a important thing to take care of. Well, are there any specific foods other than excessive sweets, perhaps that uh, seniors in particular should avoid uh, because of the potential or risk to their living teeth or even their dentures? Any particular things they should not do with their teeth, whatever they are, uh, man-made or God-made? Well, let's see. Basically, just take care of them. You know, eat eat fresh fruits and vegetables. And if you have dentures, don't wrap them up in a tissue and put them on a table because they're more than likely to get thrown away by somebody who doesn't know that's what's in it. Um that don't leave them to where your dog can get to them because dogs love nothing more than to chew some dentures. And why? Sure why? Why? The smell. The the uh, they smell like their owner. It's it's like a chew toy. Kind of like a nylabone, I guess. Uh. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> yeah, maybe so. And and another important thing is to remember that it, just because they're dentures, they still need to be brushed. They still need to you. They won't decay, but they will build up and and have stain and deposits on them if you don't take care of them properly. And probably some degree of uh, odor. Yes. Bacteria will collect around the, the whether you have plastic or a porcelain or they have so many different types of materials now they make dentures with. But yes, they definitely need to be, they need to be brushed just like your uh, your regular teeth. Well, now are, and I'm asking this as a patient and not as a uh, podcaster, but uh, uh, what about the option of going with implants as opposed to dentures? Is that an option or can the denture be implanted? That Well, those are all individual cases and you really can't speak to that unless you know the patient and the, the case behind it. Everybody's different. Okay, well, solve one mystery for me. I'm 65, and uh, but uh, at least you know, and I go to the dentist twice a year. You know that because you make me go. You're the one that got our <laughs> dental insurance. Uh, when uh, at least once a year, they take X-rays or what uh, a panogram of my entire mouth and jaw and everything is. Isn't one good enough? I mean, I had it last year. Why would I need another one this year? What are they looking for? Are they just trying to make money off my uh, insurance provider? No. When they're when they're taking the bite wing x-rays where you bite down and they take two or four individual x-rays, they're looking in between your teeth where you can't see with the naked eye. Uh, if you hold your hand together and press your fingers as tight as you can, you would not be able to see what's in between your fingers. If you'd been playing in the mud all day and you spread your fingers, you'd probably see some mud in there after you washed your hands if you didn't open your fingers. They can't see between your teeth with their naked eye, so they take x-rays. The Panorex is usually three to five years. That looks for lesions in your sinus cavity, your looks at your TMJ, looks at your, 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 the joint that opens and closes your mouth. Uh, and different things. You can even see people's carotid arteries sometimes. Oh, wow. Large, you know, and, and see some blockage. Uh, that doesn't happen often, but, but it has happened. You can see a fracture line. You can see cysts. So, yes, 
you know, once a year for x-rays to look in between your teeth, especially if you're prone to decay. If you're prone to decay every six months, because a lot can happen in six months if you're eating mints all day long. So, so as a husband talking to his professional wife, who's looked in more mouths than I've ever seen, more than likely, um, I noticed some years ago that uh, you rebuked me soundly for chewing ice. Yes, you should not chew ice. Chewing I, ice is too much pressure on your teeth, especially as we age. Our teeth tend to get a little less. Uh, well, our blood flow is, everything's, everything's a little less as we get older. It gets a little, little less fluid, and we don't need to chew ice. It, with 300 pounds of pressure per square inch, I believe, is the, is the calculation on that. I just know that it's, there's a lot of pressure on that tooth. And if you have any small fracture lines, you will break a tooth. Okay, since I'm the fitness guy and you're the dental lady, um, let me ask this. Are there any exercises that we can do for our face, our jaw, our neck, our, our tongue, uh, for our chewing? Is there anything that we can do? I mean, is chewing gum good for your jaw muscles? I don't know. Not, not really. I mean, it doesn't. If you chew gum and your uh, your jaw hurts, you're chewing too much gum. You know, anything that you overdo is going to cause problems. And you don't want to wear your teeth out. Now, if you grind your teeth at night or clench during the day, it might be a good idea to ask your dentist about the possibility of a night guard or a day guard just to keep your just to keep your joints from being so overworked. Well, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by all this stuff, and, and most of it we have talked through at, at one time or another during our quite a, quite a long marriage now. Congratulations, you put up with me all these years, <laughs> and, um, and I thank you for giving me the time of day to record this segment. I think it's really good stuff. I've wanted to talk about it on the podcast forever. But, you know, I'm not the pro here. And if I'm not the pro, what should I do? I should invite the pro to be the consultant on the podcast. And, um, you know, because I, I couldn't very well go to my dentist and say, I need, you know, 25 minutes of your time to sit down and have this conversation with me. I guess I could, but I'd probably have to pay for the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why, yes, you would. Well, dentistry changes so much. And since I've been retired since 2013, there have been so many advancements. You know, talk to your dentist, talk to your hygienist. I, I love going in twice a year and seeing all the new advances that have happened since I left the profession. It's just a, it's it's a it's a great technological advanced profession. Well, I'm just thinking out loud, um, um, and I'm going back to being the patient again, and it's. Friday night, and my dentist is not even open on Friday, and he's certainly not open on the weekends. But if if I have a genuine bona fide toothache on Friday night, Saturday, or Sunday, do I just have to go to an emergency room and get something for pain, or is there anything I could do in the meantime? Can I call my dentist? Um, I mean, who's going to answer the phone? I mean, how does that work? Routinely, if you're a patient of record. Call your dentist. They'll have a either an answering service who will connect you with the doctor on call, or 
or the dentist himself. A lot of dentists will put their own phone number on there. If you have a dentist who doesn't want to be bothered with you, if you have an emergency, you need to change dentists. Oh, girl, you just did one out of the park there. Now, if if I do have a toothache, I'm fascinated with x-rays uh, because that's part of the science, of course. And if if I have a toothache, are they going to do an x-ray or a pentagram? And if they do, can they see the infection around that troubled side of your tooth or mouth? If they take, yes, if they take an x-ray, a certain type of x-ray called a periapical, they can see from the tip of your root to the top of the, the crown of the tooth. And if that has a lesion at the tip of the root, then more than likely you've got an infection. And that leads into another uh, fun time, a root canal, which also has advanced tremendously. So don't be afraid of root canals. But but if my dentist says it's going to cost me $125 to have a tooth extracted or it's going to cost me $1,000 to have a root canal, um, I guess that's just a decision the patient has to make, huh? It's a personal choice. Professionally, we prefer that you keep your teeth because once you take one out, the teeth always want to meet each other. They always want to touch each other. And the tooth on either side of that new space are going to try and touch one another and they're going to lean in. It takes a long time. It's not something that's going to happen in a week. But sometimes down the road, when you want to replace that area, you can't because your teeth have shifted so that you're you're incapable of doing that now. now but it's an individual choice. You know, m uh, money is money is spent where the individual wants to spend it and there's no... Uh, right or wrong you have to do what you have to do for yourself <laughs> and uh i have one more just novice curiosity question here i've had a few root canals done in years past and i've had crowns subsequently placed on those teeth but uh you know i can understand how they do it in my back teeth my molars and such but uh, can they do root canals on your front teeth, your smile teeth, as you call them. Sure, your smiling teeth. Sure, sure. It's well, don't a, they? Don't they have they, to? They just have a single canal. They just uh, put, drill a hole and use the files and take the nerve out and patch it and fill it and you're done. Huh. Fascinating stuff, uh, Kathleen Fleming. And thank you because you have been for the most of your working adult life, a registered dental hygienist, and you've worked at a number of prominent practices uh, on the Gulf Coast, and, uh, and you bring a wealth of wisdom to you, and uh, I'm afraid we might get some questions from this podcast. Would you be willing to help me answer any questions we have? Sure, sure, if I can, sure. <laughs> if, and if I can't, ask your dentist. <laughs> Uh, maybe they should ask their dentist first. <laughs> your dentist is a, is a wealth of information or your hygienist. Yeah, never underestimate the value of your hygienist. I've always believed that uh, because whenever I've had my exams done, you know, the hygienist, she'll, she'll turn around and make a note, you know, and when the dentist comes in, she'll say, look at number six or number four or uh, number, I don't have 32 anymore. <laughs> Can't go that high. But, uh, and then he'll go, sure enough. Yeah. We need, that's a spot we need to watch. And 
and then she notates that in my chart for follow-up at future visits in case it's not something really serious. And most of the time it's not been really serious, but I have had an occasional cavity over the years. So it's anyway. always good to have a baseline. All right. Now one more question for the novice here. Sometimes I've always called them cavities and I always equated that to being a hole in my tooth where uh, the enamel has uh, worn away and bacteria and sugar and everything has just had lunch on my tooth. Uh, but I heard my uh, hygienist say caries. That's the professional word for it. Caries. Caries. Caries are uh, decay, active decay. If, because decay sounds so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when, when I'm sitting there in the chair having a financial panic attack and, and they're, they're talking code, that's to keep me from freaking out. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much. We don't much. want to hide anything from you. We just—it's just simply the the terminology that we're used to, and and never be afraid to ask your hygienist. Well, what does that mean? Because she's she or he are more than happy to uh, to tell you. Okay. Well, uh, I think we've covered a lot of stuff, and uh, we're coming up on a thirty minute mark. So, I want to thank you. Uh, from me personally, and I will give you a big kiss in a few minutes after we uh, turn this off. And I'd like to thank all our listeners, uh, the Canadian listeners, the American listeners, the Australians, the New Zealanders, and those in the, uh, the United Kingdom. Uh, thank you for being faithful listeners. If you like the podcast, this was different. This was different. And I'm glad to be branching out into uh, areas of, that might interest you or concern you as a person who has pushed 60 aside. Until our next podcast. May the good Lord bless you. Bye-bye, Kathleen. Bye. Thank you for having me.